This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. With that as the backdrop, with that as the context, let's start off with our opening drive. It's time for the opening, the, the, the opening drive. Okay, so the Bears win Monday night, and that's a lot of momentum. That's a lot to digest. That's a lot to sift through in a football city. It's terrific that it happened. And then Tuesday is kind of like the adulation in Chicago and tempering of expectations and resetting the entire context for the season. Dan and then Robert Quinn gets traded. And I think it was shocking to some players. We saw Roquan Smith become emotional. We know what it represents in terms of a team that is rebuilding like the Bears, giving up Robert Quinn for a fourth-round draft pick to a team from the Eagles, going for a Super Bowl winning now, that kind of mentality. You were there. Take us through the news breaking with Roquan Smith at the podium through Ryan Pohl speaking about what it all means. So there's a contrast here, David, and I think there there are two things that we kind of have to discuss at the same time. One of them is the actual trade, which is a, a simple business transaction in the NFL. But then we have to discuss the timing of the trade with everything that you just set up, right? The fact that they came back from New England riding this 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 awesome wave of energy, right? And, and feeling like, man, this is awesome. This is a really cool feeling to have to go on the road on a primetime stage and play that brand of football and win in that fashion. Now, all of a sudden, you've got something to go with, right? And then Wednesday afternoon, you felt the air literally come out of the building for a little while first when Roquan Smith is at the podium for his regular news conference. And he came to that press conference knowing that Robert Quinn had been traded. The rest of us in the room didn't know until it came across on Twitter through a couple national reports that the trade was official. And then when Roquan was asked about it, he had trouble finding the words, right? He, he, he got emotional, said it sucks, said he has so much respect for Robert Quinn and then kind of covered his eyes with his shirt and, and broke down in tears and had to end the press conference and leave the room, which was a, a clear snapshot of the emotional impact and the human side of what we talked about just a second ago, the transaction, the trade is, is it's a, it's a line on a transaction report in the NFL, but it affects human beings. Right. And we saw that firsthand. Roquan was an example of that Ryan Poles who came down and met with us for about 10 minutes also showed that, right. It, it, it took a while to get past the, the, the like, man, this sucks vibe to things and get Ryan to kind of discuss, why he was excited about making this move because it gives them a, a, a draft pick chip that they can use next April to hopefully add a potential starter and a, and a long-term difference maker to their roster. And so juggling those two sides of the coin are really difficult. Today was another day out here where you're talking to Travis Gibson and Dom Robinson and other folks around the locker room who understand who Robert Quinn was as a teammate, who Robert Quinn was as a team captain, who Robert Quinn was as a leader of this football team. And now he's gone and you have to quickly sort of deal with that while at the same time preparing to play a high-level football game on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. Not real easy, David. Let's be realistic about what they're missing on the field before we look at the other big-picture implications. Robert Quinn had one sack and three pressures this season. It wasn't his most productive of years. It was an off year. He tends to have a great year and then a drop-off. Now, 
That said, in fairness, we have to also recognize that according to some other statistics, there were only four edge rushers, I believe, that got more double teams this season than Robert Quinn. The point is that on this Bears defensive front, there's one objective, and that is to block Robert Quinn on every passing down. So football-wise, number one, I don't know if they'll miss his production, but they will miss his presence, if that makes any sense. And I do think that it is an opportunity for the guys that you mentioned to step up and emerge. And I also think this Ryan Poles was able to make this trade because of the progress that Travis Gibson and Dominic Robinson have made in the first seven games. And without that progress, maybe he doesn't make this deal or maybe it doesn't resonate as loudly. I'm not quite sure, Dan, but I do think that their development helped convince him that now was the right time to make the move. Well, look, you have to be detached from from short-term impact when you're trying to put together a long-term puzzle. And Ryan Poles understands the emotions of this. He understands the emotions he himself felt in having to pull the trigger on a deal with Howie Roseman and the Eagles. But he also understands that it's his obligation and his responsibility as the general manager of the Bears to look long view. Right, And to take the long view and understand that this was a player that wasn't going to be uh, at his peak when the Bears become legitimate Super Bowl contenders again. And so the opportunity to get what they got back was absolutely, uh, in his words, made too much sense. Right, A can't-pass deal here. And so why don't we take a listen to to kind of how Ryan Poles on, on Wednesday afternoon just described at the outset what this, uh, what, what this deal was and how it came about. Obviously, part of the tough thing with this job in this position are the tough decisions you have to make and I always feel like there's the emotional side um, the human part of it that you know you're affecting not only like a man um, but also his family and you're kind of shaking that all up Um, and I don't take that lightly at all and I'm sensitive to that Um, you also know that you're tweaking the fibers of your locker room um, and that's a big deal too and he meant a lot to that locker room, but I'm fully confident that the guys, especially on the defensive side, the Jalen Johnsons, the Eddie Jacksons, the Roquan Smiths, Justin Jones, those guys are going to continue to hold it down and, and be leaders um, on that defense and help us continue to move forward. Um, then on the business side, you know, it just made too much sense uh, for what we're trying to do. Um, going to allow us to continue to build a highly competitive roster um, I think the other thing too on the business side and really the football side is I just really trust you know Gibson, Mohammed, Dom Robinson, uh, Kingsley Jonathan those guys are going to continue to do a good job I was very pleased to hear that Ryan had specifics of players that he felt could fill the leadership void immediately and and singling out Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson and Justin Jones and Roquan Smith as guys that can carry this defense going forward tells us a lot about what he thinks of those guys and what kind of pulse he has on that defense right now which is playing pretty good football right overall for 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 most of the season and so you've got answers there and and so Ryan Poles has to look at that and say okay I've got confidence that, that that this is not going to be a huge void two or three weeks from now is it a void now? I think it is, David, and that's that's part of this equation. A couple of things I want to ask you if you agree with. Number one, I think that the fact that they're getting a fourth-round pick in return, it will be a lower fourth-round pick because the Eagles are pretty good. But I also think they look at a guy like Dominic Robinson, who was taken in the fifth round, and think, 
Well, that's a good investment because we could get a player who's going to make an impact, whether short or long term. It's worth making this move because this is all about the future. The second thing is, Dan, is that they are picking up the seven million dollars or so in salary. And to me, for a team that's one hundred and thirty some million dollars under the cap in the offseason coming up, I do think it's money well spent. It might be overspending for a draft pick, but if it's a difference between a fourth and a fifth rounder, I think it's a wise investment. And the last point I want to know what you think of, he credited Ian Cunningham, his right-hand yeah. man who has experience with the Eagles organization, with my, which might have helped them navigate uh, some of the things and get through some of the details with Howie Roseman. And I do think it's no accident, number one, that it happened, and secondly, that he was given credit. Every time Ryan Poles has an opportunity to prop up Ian Cunningham, he has taken advantage. So let me work backwards through those those three points that you made. Number one, I think that that, that relationship that Ian Cunningham has with Howie Roseman helps build trust into trade discussions, right? You've got honesty, you've got built-in rapport, you've got an ability to kind of sift through nonsense quicker and get to uh, what both sides obviously agreed was a fair deal. And so I think there is uh, an empowerment of Ian Cunningham that occurred immediately when he was hired in the winter. And there's a, a bond and a relationship that Ryan and Ian have that is going to be important with the direction that they're trying to set for this franchise, you can kind of think of those guys as one and one a uh, until further notice. And so uh, that, that was notable in my opinion that, that he brought that up and, and that Ian obviously had those relationships in Philadelphia to help get this thing across. The middle question you asked was about the salary to me. It's just a number, right? Like none of us a year from now are going to be worried about the $7.1 million. Ryan Poles isn't going to be worried about it. Maybe the McCaskey family at some point worries about it a little bit, but it's just a number. You, you pick up that number to get a deal done in a way that allows you to become closer to building a championship contender. And so, so I, I just, it doesn't, have a high level of significance to me. It's, it's just, it's economics, it's finances. It's something that they can put on books that, that no one who watches football on Sunday will, will care about long-term. The last thing is, is the fourth rounder, right? And I was surprised given the production that you cited just a few minutes ago that Robert Quinn has had in 2022, that they were able to get a high day three pickback, right? A, a fourth rounder that you can now use again to try to find a, a, a long-term difference marker for this franchise. I had been hearing sort of earlier in the month that, that maybe there'd be some sixes out there for the bears for Robert Quinn. And that's why when we had the previous discussion about what, what activity are the bears going to have at the trade deadline? It was about who were going to be the buyers and what were they going to have in their wallet? I didn't see a four coming back for a guy who had one sack this year. And so to get that, I think Ryan phrased it perfectly and saying it made too much sense, right? You can't pass on that, right? You probably couldn't have passed on a fifth if that's where it landed. And so, so you, you, you pull the trigger on that right away and it, and it, in my opinion, allays any worry of, boy, did we wait six months too long to make this deal? Because I don't know that they were going to get a three back in April or May or June. And so, uh, you know, to get the four, I think you, you pump a fist and, and, and you deal with the emotions that come with sending a respected leader out of your locker room. Given his age, given his production and given his salary, this probably was the best you could have hoped for in dealing him and getting the return that you got and getting him to a contender. This is win-win. The Bears get their draft pick for a team in rebuilding mode and the Eagles get their edge rusher to maybe be their version of Von Miller that the Rams got last year and look what happened to them. And that's the aspirations they have in Philly. The last thing about this, I think, Dan, I want to point out is that 
I, what I liked about it is that they, they were coming off uh, the highest point that yeah. any Bears team had had in, in a lot of years. We talked about yeah. that in the post-game pod. Ryan Poles uh, really showed an emotional maturity that I think this new regime has kind of embodied, especially with Matt Eberflus. And I know there's a difference between the coaches and the front office, but I think in the organization, being able to pivot after such an emotional victory and understand that you are tweaking the fibers of the locker room and removing a guy as popular as Robert Quinn in the midst of this surge of momentum and you don't know where it's headed takes discipline. It takes organizational thought. And I think that Ryan Poles was really impressive in his ability to do this anyway. Despite yeah. Victory. Don't you think? I do. I, I think it takes a level of gumption. And, and Patrick Finley has sometimes asked Ryan uh, in the press conference on Wednesday evening if he worried about the timing of it, given the momentum that had been built in New England. And initially, as Pat was asking the question, I, I was thinking to myself, well, what, you know, I mean, like, what are you supposed to do? You're a general manager. And the more I thought about it, you, you think like the trade deadline's not till next Tuesday, right? Like, right. could could you have convinced Howie, can we just get through Dallas, right? Like, can we just go play this game in Dallas and, and, and try not to interrupt this surge of energy that we got from this win in New England? Because it was interrupted. And that's been clear the last couple of days that that surge energy was interrupted by this deal. And so so there's a lot that comes with it. But here's here's that exchange with Pat uh, and, and Ryan that I thought was notable to hear Ryan's response to that. This, you know, when I talk about kind of the emotional part, that definitely is. I, I I value, I think I've talked about that a lot, the locker room and what it means in the culture. Um, and it, it sucks to, to mess with that, to be completely honest with you. Um, but again, my job is to do what's best for this organization, not only now, but in the future. So I felt like that was the best move for us to make. So there you have it, right? It's a, it's a, it's a guy who's seeing the long view and, and doing so with a level of, of conviction in the way he the way he does things. I'm impressed, and it's a big move, and I think he explained it well without trying to take what would be a victory lap. And I just think that it was an awkward situation given the fact that they had they won a game and they were on a high, and he deals one of the more respected guys, maybe the most respected guy in that locker room. I love a couple of details about this. Number one, that Robert Quinn gathered the team together before it was official and warned them that this was coming and said this might be the reality. And he gave people kind of a sense, and he prepared them for the gravity of the situation. And we saw from Roquan Smith – that this is going to strike some people harder than others because of the relationships that exist. This is still, you know, a bunch of human beings kind of trusting each other, relying on each other and spending a lot of time around each other. And those friendships mean something. So a couple last thoughts on that topic. And, and, and before we move on, number one, uh, you heard from Alan Williams today, right? And he had to address trying to regather his defense after losing a guy that meant a lot to a lot of guys in that room. And he said, look, People will say this is a business, but I see it as a people business. And so uh, how do you put your emotions aside? His, his response was you don't. You let your emotions flow. You, you let them come out, and then you and then you get yourself reset and refocused the best you can to handle that day's business, which lead into that week's business, which lead into Sunday's business against the Dallas Cowboys. And so I thought it was a very a human approach from Alan Williams. That's important at a time like this to get get people steady, to not judge them for feeling the way they feel, to let them let that out and and roll with it and, and move forward from it. And you heard from Travis Gibson today of, of of the things that he took away from Robert Quinn. We talk about production, right? Travis Gibson will tell you over three years the the o-line tendencies that he was taught 
by Robert Quinn, the techniques, the ability to find a new daily approach to being a professional football player, the ability to uh, calibrate a mental stability to, to the ups and downs of this league. And those are the things that, that people that just watch the games on Sunday on TV don't realize percolate through a locker room, right? And percolate through a unit like the defensive line group is. And so, so that, that part of things is really notable the way guys are going to feel that, but I'm glad that the bears coaching staff is, is, is hitting this head on and not just pretending that this is a transaction and moving it to the side and that no one feels anything because it helps you resonate with the room quickly before we move on. So, there will be questions about whether or not Ryan Poles is done. David Montgomery's in the final year of his contract. There will, might be some interest in him. I think they'd be more likely to have, hammer out an extension after the season, hold on to a guy that's been productive and is good in the room as well. What do you think about his trade value? And where in the world are these rumors coming up <laughs> asking about Eddie Jackson's trade value? You just got Eddie Jackson fixed. Why would you want to get rid of him now? The secondary looks special. You don't want to trade him, do you, Dan? Well, you heard Ryan Pulse single him out as one of the guys that he trusts as one of the leaders to take this team forward. It would be silly to bring up a guy on one day and a couple of days later send him packing. I think Eddie Jackson has been incredibly valuable to the development of Jaquan Brisker. That's not to be lost in this. He's not going anywhere. I don't think either of the running backs are going anywhere. This Bears team, as we'll mention in a little while, is on a historic pace running the football. You don't want to disrupt that either. You wanted to be this season. You wanted to be functional and competitive. And at this point, trading Robert Quinn allows you to do that, but trading too many more guys does not. And so you don't want to mess with that. One more thing I want to say before we turn the page on the Robert Quinn topic. Last winner, Robert Quinn was the co-winner of the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award, which is given every year by the, the PFWA Chicago chapter to the, the, the player or players inside the building that bring a professionalism and availability and a candor to their interactions with the media. And Robert Quinn was a really fun guy to get to know over the last two years. I say two and not three because he got here during the pandemic and the first season, all of our interactions with Robert Quinn were over zoom. And it's easy to kind of misinterpret a guy's personality over zoom where you say, man, that guy seems like he's kind of standoffish. I'm not really sure that he's engaged in this. And then you get in the same room with them in 2021 and 2022 and back in the locker room with them this year and you get to know him as a person and you understand that Robert Quinn is this dude that is really down to earth for a player of his achievement level. He's so humble, so polite, so open and introspective. It's it just absolutely refreshing to be around him. And so he, when he won the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award winner last year, we talked to him in the media room here at the PNC Center. And one of the questions that we asked was, why at that stage of his career, it was still important to him to have a level of engagement with the media. And here was his very colorful and very humorous response. It's like, man, I got two things. And uh, and that's, that's his words and his nuts. And you don't want to lose either as a man. So as a, I try to be as honest as I can when I talk to people. That's honest. <laughs> just the That's best, honest. right? Like yeah. a man's got two things, his words and his nuts. And, and, and as we know on the Take the North podcast, we take both of those things very, very seriously. Sounds like a T-shirt. And you wish Robert Quinn nothing but success. I hope he goes to Philly and wins a ring. That'd be great. Robert Quinn will be back here in December when the Eagles come to play. That's so right. That's <laughs> there right. will be a return. Awesome. 